Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Imagine Radio, featuring insights and opinions from thought leaders and subject matter experts in the HIM and healthcare industry to help you stay educated and informed. This is Imagine Radio. I'm your host, Todd Youngblood, and delighted to welcome our next guest, Diana Flood. She is a clinical consultant with the Oklahoma Foundation for Medical Quality. Diana, thanks for coming by. Thank you. Happy to be here. (laughs) <laughs> Great. Just to get us kicked off here, give us a little bit of uh, background on the Oklahoma Foundation for Medical Quality. Sure. So OFMQ, Oklahoma Foundation for Medical Quality, has been around in Oklahoma for about 45 years. They actually started off as the quality improvement organization for our state. And just a few years ago, when Medicare more regionalized those organizations, uh, that t- contract actually moved to Texas. So we no longer are the QIO. But when that kind of started to fizzle out, we started up as the regional extension center for the state of Oklahoma. Oklahoma. So all of that great EHR incentive program stuff right, and right. meaningful use, that's what we did and specialize. And that's actually how I'm a member of the health information technology team. And so that is how our team got created was through the REC program. And so we did that for about seven years that actually just ended this past April. And mm-hmm. so we saw still there was a need for providers in our state to get the education to be compliant with these quality payment programs and meaningful use and the government re- regulations. And we service a lot of rural providers who don't necessarily have the time and resources resources to keep up with this information. And so we try and help everybody with those things. Wow. I, I would think I can see that with the rural providers being smaller organizations, I would think, that don't have the critical mass, if you will, to, to even understand mm-hmm. what all these government acronyms mean. Absolutely. Yeah. Most of the time, these providers, it's usually the doctor, their spouse, and then somebody working the front desk. And so it's very small operations. Um, the alphabet soup of healthcare. It, it is tough to keep up with. Uh, you know, it seems like every day there's a new acronym that we have to keep up with. And so that's kind of my job to help them keep up with all those items. Well, I really want to get deeper than the acronyms themselves, but let's let's start with that. If I am a typical rural physician in Oklahoma, and I imagine Oklahoma is probably no different than any other state. Yeah. So, okay, rural. I love Oklahoma, by the way. <laughs> I'm going there at Christmas. Oh, welcome. Uh, That's a whole other discussion. (laughs) We're not going to go there now. But if I'm a rural physician in in Oklahoma, what are the top two or three acronyms that I don't know about that I'm really going to get me in trouble Mm -hmm. because I don't? So... We are doing a ton of education around the new QPP or quality payment program, which is also synonymous with MACRA, so the Medicare Access Chip Reauthorization Act. <laughs> it's a mouthful. If you um, if you couldn't do that, I'd have been worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we are doing a lot with MACRA. And of course, you know, as what, under MACRA, the two umbrellas under that are the MIPS program, right. which is the Merit-Based Incentive Payment System, and APMs, or Advanced Alternative Payment Models. And so those are kind of the three hot topic ones that we're keeping up with and hopefully they all know about HIPAA by now, but we still do a little bit of education around those areas as well. Well, I meant to ask you about HIPAA. Is that a problem that's largely solved? Did you just imply that or is it still an issue? The privacy part, I think people have got down. We're pretty tight and good on on privacy. I think we're still seeing people though struggling with the security aspect. Mm -hmm. We have all this great technology in place now and, and there are just some few 
bits and pieces within the HIPAA regulations for the security rule that providers are struggling to keep up with. Uh, things like encryption, um, things right. that are more cost-heavy, secure email. That they're, Yeah, they're struggling to keep up with those items. And so that's where we can go in and, and try and help them find some solutions at low cost to assist them. But there are bigger issues with uh, APM and MIPS? We don't see a whole lot of the APMs actually in mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Most of our providers, since they are uh, less than 15 practices and they're not part of larger groups for oh, the okay. most part. Right. Yeah, yep. so most of our providers are doing the MIPS track. And so we're going in and we do or we get grant money from the federal government. And so we're going in and providing free or very low cost assistance to these providers that they're not necessarily able to get elsewhere. And so when we're going in, we're doing a ton of education around not just the regulations, but their specific EHRs as well. So when Oklahoma started as the, or OFNQ started as the regional extension center, we were a vendor neutral state. And so anybody could choose any EHR and, you know, we're not going to tell them one way or the other. Well, makes your job easier. It, it does. But now it's <laughs> wow. kind of created a problem because like me personally, I work with approximately 40 different EHRs within wow. just my clients alone. So it's great that we have all this technology and they can all essentially do the same things, but they're all doing them so incredibly differently. Right. And so when it's trying to meet all of these new government regulations like MIPS and APMs, the EHRs are sometimes struggling to be able to keep up with, well, how can we do this in our EHR right. to be able to capture that data appropriately. So we go in and help our providers with those issues and help them identify workflows in the EHRs to get the credit for the work that they're already doing. Um, And maybe they're checking one box and it needs to be another. And so a lot of it's just doing those workflow analysis and figuring out the correct way to capture the data. What's the receptivity of the clinics in that? I put my, you know, I'm thinking of myself as the, you know, the good old country doctor. (laughs) And all I care about is my patients and Mm -hmm. I want to give them quality care and take all your coding and numbers and (laughs) codes and acronyms and and go away. I'm obviously exaggerating a little bit, but how big an issue is that? You know, if I had a dollar for every time a provider told me they did not like keeping up with all this stuff, I might be able to retire, which (laughs) would be great. So right now, you know, it's not very good, but I think part of that is just a lack of education of what the MIPS program is going to be. So once I go in and I tell them, hey, if you've been doing meaningful use, if you've been doing this stuff, you're going to be okay. It's going to be a smooth transition for the next couple of years. Don't stress about these things. You're already doing so much of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And they've made the first year for the transition year, the objectives easy enough that it's going to be extremely easy to avoid a negative payment adjustment. And so just providing that comfort zone and being a listening ear to people, I think is so important right now because there is so much frustration with all these new regulations coming down the pipeline. Yeah. With every time I think about MIPS, it's it's a bit of a touchy issue with a physician, particularly a rural physician, (laughs) particularly squared in looking at, hey, you've got to look at your bottom line. Absolutely. And this is about dollars and cents, mm-hmm. which just, I mean, it doesn't feel right mm-hmm. in that because the real, again, treating the patient mm-hmm. is, is the key. What, what are you doing to help folks overcome that and realize, hey, if you, if you can't keep the doors of the clinic open, mm-hmm. patient care is going mm-hmm. to be really badly affected. Yeah. So that's usually part of the first bit of the conversation I like to have with somebody is, 
to keep up with these regulations and to keep up with the updates for your technologies and, and maintain the staff to keep up with these programs, what would that cost you versus just taking the penalty? Maybe that would be the better choice for you this year. In the past, that was a little bit easier with the meaningful use and PQRS right, programs right. because those were like 1% to 2%, not a big deal. But that's shifting with the new macro program because that penalty is going to be up to 9% by 2022. Yeah. So it's going to be a much that's larger impact. Very so significant. While this year it might be okay to... Yeah. You know, take that nosedive in the future. It may not be the best option for them. So I think helping them just evaluate their staff and providing education for their staff on uh, different ways that they can, in a way, interchange resources and have more availability um, to get the education they need to keep up with these things is a is a very, very hot topic to gotcha. talk about. Gotcha. Diana, talk a little bit about interoperability. That, that strikes me as just a <laughs> bowl of spaghetti. Oh, you know, I could talk about interoperability all week. <laughs> Did I touch a nerve? Oh, no, not a nerve. <laughs> you know, it is just such a heavy need for it right now. We have all these great systems and they can't talk to each other right now. I actually work on a project that works closely with the health information exchange. And so it's been very interesting being the middleman and being able to see the physician's aspect and how they could benefit so much from being able to have an exchange of information. And then I see the HIE side of things where we have the data coming in, but because everybody can do everything differently right now, uh, they're coming in mapped 10 different ways and trying right. to figure out how to pick apart the pieces of the puzzle. is it, It's Madden, very difficult. Um, you know, I don't necessarily have an IT background, but it's stuff that goes way over my head even. <laughs> so the interoperability, I mean, there's just such a need there for it. And I'm really looking forward to the next couple of years to see how they're going to work more and more towards getting these systems to talk to each other and... Dr. Rucker talked this morning about the APIs, uh, another acronym. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, and so those are just going to be such a, a, there's a great need for them. And so I think we're just kind of barely dipping our toes in the water on that technology right now. So it's going to be really neat in the future to see how this unfolds and how it's going to benefit not only the provider, but the patient as a consumer and their access to that data. Diana, we're running a little short on time, but I've got to ask you one more question. And again, if from the perspective of a rural physician, what are the good things that are going to happen over the next two or three years? Just given the trajectory of the progress mm -hmm. you see now, what's the good news of the rural physician? I think the good news is, is that the government and CMS realizes that these providers need help. And so they're putting out tons of new resources and putting out a lot of grant money for organizations like OFMQ to be able to go out and help people. And not only that, but I don't know if anybody has seen it, the new qpp.cms.gov website for the new quality payment program is phenomenal. They did an amazing job of putting together resource libraries and making it very user-friendly. And not only that, but as they continually work with these programs, they have the opportunity to earn incentives. And so, yeah, yeah you can get up to 9% and uh, payment increase by you have, you have 2022. Yeah, yeah. Attention. It goes up just a little bit each year. And so just making people realize, you know, it's a lot of work going in, but you're going to eventually get a lot of work coming out on the outcome as well. And, you know, the patient is the outcome. And we want to make sure that, you know, these things at the end of the day do help with our patient outcomes. And so... Keeping up with these things can help our patients at the end so of the day. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is always a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> Diana, we really are out of time here. Before I let you go, I want to make sure folks know how to get a hold of you to pick that brain of yours. Sure. You've got a wealth of knowledge in there. Sure. So you can contact me. My email is dflood, F-L-O-O-D, at OFMQ.com. Diana Flood, clinical consultant at the Oklahoma Foundation for Medical Quality. 
OFMQ is easier to say. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time out of your day to join us. Thank here. you. Appreciate it. That wraps this segment. On behalf of my guest, Diana Flood, I'm Todd Youngblood. Imagine Radio will be back in just a few minutes. Imagine Radio. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.